And welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Well, the battle continues over the EATS Act. Senator Roger Marshall recently said, quote, we're getting the heck beat out of us, end quote, on the ending Agriculture Trade Suppression Act. While Marshall led the Senate introduction, U.S. Representative Ashley Hinson from Iowa introduced a companion bill in the House. For two months, members of the Organization for Competitive Markets, Competitive Markets Action, the Kansas Cattlemen's Association, and several other groups and organizations have declared their opposition to the EATS Act. The groups call the measure an assault on states' rights and a gift to Chinese pork conglomerates like Smithfield. They are determined to prevent the measure from marginalizing American family farmers and opening the floodgates to China's takeover of American agriculture. Enacting the EATS Act via the Farm Bill would eliminate hundreds of state agricultural laws and pave the way for even more foreign intrusion without guardrails. OCM and CMA are spearheading an anti-EATS Act campaign that began in June. Well, the July round of cattle-focused reports from USDA shows drought is still impacting the number of cattle available for breeding. Barrett Nelson, American Farm Bureau Federation economist, says the cattle inventory report showed a larger decline than what analysts expected. In July, the report estimated that all cattle and calves in the U.S. totaled 95.9 million head on July 1. This was down 3% compared to last year's report. U.S. beef cattle came in at 29.4 million head. Now, this was a 52-year low for beef cattle supplies. That's a significant number when we start talking about beef prices. Placements in the cattle on feed report remain elevated, a signal that drought is still having an impact on cattle producers. This came in at 3% above last year, so this shows that placements have come up a little bit. This tells us that farmers are still putting cattle on feed. So while our cow slaughter numbers have come down right around 12% from last year, we are still seeing a relatively high number of heifers being placed on feed. This tells us that we have not yet bottomed out in the cattle cycle. And Nelson says that when considering demand, consumers should expect prices to rise. As long as we have elevated placements of heifers on a feed, this will indicate that contraction of our cattle inventory will continue. For sure through 2024, and it will definitely be through 2025 before we can even consider rebuilding some of this herd. Demand has remained strong on both the global front and the domestic front. The prices have begun to come up, and they may continue to come up as long as our demand stays strong for beef. And you can learn more on the Market Intel page at fb.org. Well, pork producers are making a difference in their industry by serving on task forces. Some focus on health or the environment, while others concentrate on taste and consumer outreach. The objective of the producer-led Loin Complex Task Force is to increase and capture value and volume on the Loin Complex for the entire pork industry. National Pork Board past president Gene Noam gave an example of the task force reviewing the disparity between pork and beef loin. When we understand where there's opportunities, how can we actually advise those that do the merchandising for us to bring more more value to the cutout? Noam said the loin task force has a defined goal that includes reaching out to exports, ask the right questions, and set the staff on a path to help processing, packaging, and retail industry capitalize on what has been done. This task force, the producer group, um, really is looking at trying to set, set up a stage to do some more work to investigate what kind of product should product presentation should be there. Um, we look at a whole pork loin, a half a pork loin, or chops. And is there something else that really is in today's trends? I think I saw something that um, 
some somewhere north of 40 some percent of all purchases today are really case ready, which means come home, put it in the oven, put it in the pan, put it on the grill and cook it. And maybe it has some accoutrements along with it. Maybe it's a, you know, you see these stir fry packages as an example. That would be an example of where you might be able to do something like that. I've seen uh, prepackaged where you've got a, a piece of the loin and you have some carrots and potatoes and it's all in a vacuum pack thing. You come home, dump it into a, to a crock pot. And then in a few hours, it's ready. What are there some merchandising things like that, that really, really would be attractive to, uh, to our consuming public to really try to capitalize on this, on this loin value that's out there. Noam said pork producers invest in the pork checkoff and they deserve a seat at the table. It's their money, their investment. They deserve a seat at the table. Second, they ask the right kind of questions to ensure that people understand that are merchandising what's happening back at the farm. But also through those conversations, they might discover things that are really different and maybe need to be done differently on the farm. And producers are there to really learn and, and uh, both influence and then learn about those things. The Pork Checkoff partners with a third party to complete a retail study to evaluate quality, consistency, and tenderness. Noam shared some of the most recent insights. We saw a notable increase in the quality and the quality is is indicated again by color marbling and ph and that means that this industry is really responding and i think it's just going to take a little bit of time to make sure that consumers understand and can connect to the value that they're getting getting for that you can visit porkcheckoff.org to discover how checkoff is focusing on research education and promotion in the pork industry with the support and guidance from producer leaders while the ethanol industry complains in a letter to EPA Chief Michael Regan that it's way past time for the agency to greenlight summertime E15 use requested in April 2022 by eight Midwest governors. The Renewable Fuels Association says the deadline is more than a year old to act on the petition by the governors of Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin, and the Dakotas. RFA head Jeff Cooper argued earlier that emergency waivers to allow summertime E15 were just a stopgap solution. E15 would be gone on June 1st, and so that lowest cost option at the pump would be removed, and that would be the equivalent of a price hike. Cooper's group is asking the Environmental Protection Agency to finalize the summertime E15 rule before the end of this summer and in time for next summer's driving season. Longer term, we still need a permanent solution to ensure that, that drivers can access E15 year-round. RFA argues real-world data showed almost no difference between retail prices for E15 versus conventional gasoline in adjacent markets during the summer 2022 season. In some markets, E15 gas was cheaper. As for E15-related problems. E15 has been in the marketplace for more than a decade now. We've driven tens of billions of miles on E15 without any incidents, without any complaints, without any reports of engine damage. Yet EPA's Regan resisted earlier calls from the industry and lawmakers to act on the governor's E15 petition ahead of this summer, saying an emergency waiver would be needed again. Cooper argues EPA has all the data it needs to decide, data that he says debunks exaggerated claims from some petroleum refiners of harmful economic impacts from summertime E15 sales. Well, we are out of time here on this episode of American Ag Today. If you have stories for the program, you can send them to me via email, Allen at AmericanAgNetwork.com. That's J-E-S-S-E-A-L-L-E-N at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Send your story ideas over. We'll see if they're a good fit for American Ag Today. 
produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day.